because we want to look at the book of Romans chapter 12 we are today. We're going to look at the first two verses of Romans chapter 12. Last week, Chris uh, Nicholson opened this series in Romans, looking at the, the end of chapter 11. And it, Chris referred to uh, the vision of all good churches. He said every good church is filled with people who love God, who worship God. He's, he's, it, it, every good church is filled with people who love one another. And every good church is filled with people who love the world enough to tell them the good news of Jesus. So, And that's going to be the general theme running through this series in this little section of the book of Romans, the letter to the church at Rome. And today we get to the first two verses of chapter 12. And these verses give us a bit of a definition of spiritual worship. There's one Bible commentator by the name of Douglas Moo. Why do Bible commentators always have funny names? Have you noticed that? Uh, Douglas Moo said of this passage, he said, this is one of the best known passages in the Bible, and deservedly so. For we find here a succinct description of the essence of the believer's response to God's grace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. This is one of the best known passages in the Bible, and deservedly so, for we find here a succinct description of the essence of the believer's response to God's grace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shall we read that passage? Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, reading from the NIV. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I pray you will speak to us through your word today. I pray we'll allow your word to go in deep. And I pray that your word will change us. It will affect us. It will challenge us. And we would respond and live differently as a result of your word in our lives. I pray you'd use me in some way to communicate your word to us as your people. And I pray all that in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, so the, the, the letter to the church at Rome, after devoting 11 chapters to, to, to essentially to doctrinal issues, doc, doc, the, the teaching, really, teaching for the, the church, what we believe, um, we get to chapter 12, which transitions from belief to behavior how we respond to what the Apostle Paul's already written in the first 11 chapters. And what we believe should impact how we behave. I was chatting to someone earlier on today about that very thing. You know, if, 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 you if, if I believe, well, I'm not a violent man and I'm always bashing people up, you think, well, what's the, hold on, his actions don't reflect what he believes. Can you see that? It's very obvious. Um, 
So what we believe should impact how we behave. And it's this, the passage starts, really, he, he says, I, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done, what has God done? What do we believe? And I was, I was asking myself that question. I thought, I, I thought the, the first chapter of the letter to the church at Ephesus, the, the book of Ephesians, gives a helpful summary of the mercy, in view of God's mercy. So I, I've, I've summarized Ephesians chapter 1. Just, just listen to this. God has blessed you in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose you in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. In love, he predestined you for adoption into his family through Jesus Christ. He planned it and it pleased him. In him, you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace that he lavished on you. He made known to you the mystery of his will. You were chosen in order that you might be for the praise of his glory. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until your redemption. What do you want to do after you hear that? I want to worship. I want to lift up the name of Jesus. I want to glorify him for all he has done. In view of his mercy for me, a sinner, a, a person cut off from him by the things I've done wrong and said wrong and thought wrong, and yet... That's what he says about me, and that's what he says about every one of us. Does that want to cause you to worship? That's what, that's what this passage is encouraging us to do. And then, it's, it, it, then it describes how we should worship. Offer your bodies, it says. Offer your bodies. Verse 1 gives the, that, 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 that passage gives us the what we are going to do in response to God's mercy. Oh, what do I do? Oh, I'm going to offer my body to him. It's a call to action. Sometimes it can be very cerebral. It's all about thinking. And this, No, this is a call to action. The most important part of doctrine, of the word doctrine, somebody once said, is the first two letters. It's do. It's action. Right? Paul believes here that you haven't really learned the word until you do it. Until you live it out, until you put it into practice. So the challenge is how well, how well are we learned? How well are we learning? How, are we, how well are we putting his word into our lives so that it promotes a response, so that it uh, 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 brings reaction? Have you been applying the truths of Ro the book of Romans, for example, into your lives? Who has read the book of Romans? Vast majority. Put your hands on. If you haven't, you, in fact, you, if you don't read very well, you, can, you know so many of these Bible apps now, you, you can, somebody reads it to you. You can put it on in the car. If you listen to the whole book of Romans, it takes an hour. That's not bad, is it? 
That's like one episode of a Netflix series, one hour, right? And you get the whole of the book of Romans, right? We need to, we need to feast on God's word, don't we? Right? So, so, so get into the truth, get into the, the word of God. And when you read the Bible, or when you listen to the Bible on your own, do you let it shape your life? Do you wrestle with what it's saying? The challenges that come out, you think, man, sometimes you think, I'd rather not read that. But we need to read the Word and let it shape our actions and how we are with people wherever we go, whether we're at work on Monday or at church on a Sunday, whether we're around our area, how we interact with people, how we talk to them, how we think about them. See, we hear the Word and then we respond. And that is a spiritual act of worship how we respond to God's word. I hope you're not just a hearer of the word. Yeah, that's interesting. That's fascinating. Did you know the, the original Greek actually means this? That's all great and good, but it should provoke a response in us, shouldn't it? And that response is an act of worship, that kind word, that, un, that selfless act that you do. You know, you've read words, I'm sure, if you've been a Christian at any length of time, you've read words encouraging you not to gossip or to encouraging you to love your enemies. That's a tough one straight away, isn't it? Love your enemies and pray for them, right? You've read that you've been completely forgiven and made clean. Some people don't live in the good of that either. And if you lived in the good of that, it's an act of worship, how good is God to us? That he reveals his character and his personality. He reveals to us how he wants us to be. And Paul here writes, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. It's not a command or a demand. He urges us, he exalts us. I was thinking, it's like, it's like when your kids are little and they're, they're at the sports day and they're, they're, they're running in that little egg and spoon race. You're urging them to win, aren't you? There's a passion it's not like, you must go and win that. You better win that race. You're not like that, are you? You're there on the touchline touch or on the side of the track going, come on. I urge you. I urge you in view of God's mercy to be like this. God's mercy frees us from the law and empowers us to grow up in Christ through the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was a commentator on this passage. God's mercy frees us from the law. Is God merciful? Of course he is. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here now, would we? How good is he? How much does he love you? That declaration of, of his from Ephesians chapter 1 gives us a little bit of an insight. How much he cares for you and how much he wants you. Do you want to know what one of the best motivations is to live a worshipful life for Jesus? A good memory. A good memory. Remember all his mercies. Remember all the mercies that he's lavished on us. And as we do that, that will stir worship from us in all forms as we go about our everyday lives. Worship. When we say worship, we so often think singing some songs on a Sunday morning. And I love that. And that is part of our worship. But it's a small part, isn't it? 
when we only we're singing for about half an hour once a week together. Think, no, this is a lifestyle and a lifetime of worship in response to the, the mercies of God in our lives. I hope this stirs you. God's mercies are the chief motivation for us. The Bible's way of preaching holiness begins, it begins by reminding us who we, who we are and what we have. Who are we? We're the children of God. Even that statement there, that we're the children of God, what, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who spoke stars into space, and, and I'm in his family. How's that? There's enough there. We could stop there, and couldn't we, and dwell on that and worship him on that. We're, we're the children of God, and, and we have all the power of God working on our behalf. We're not alone. We've got a father who sees us and cares for us and wants the best for us. We've got, we've got Jesus as a, as a brother in that sense, praying for us, interceding for us. So who are we? Where are we? We're in the kingdom of God. And we have died to sin. The old life doesn't affect us anymore. Sometimes we're tempted to go back to it. Sometimes we're drawn back to it. But listen, we've been cut off from that old life. We're a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. We're in his kingdom now. It's different then. It's different there in his kingdom. And that's where we are. Don't forget it. And what do we have? Well, we have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus, like I've said, praying for us. We have the power of God working in us and working through us. Well, some of us have been around for such a long time, we, we can forget this stuff. We can take, we'll not forget it, but take it for granted. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a believer. I'm in the, ki- the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I know I've got a home in heaven. Holy Spirit's around. Think, hold on. Hold on. In view of God's mercy, I'm going to offer my body as a, sacri- as a living sacrifice. I want to be holy and pleasing to him. This is my spiritual act of worship. (laughs) So God is not asking us to just dedicate our gifts and our our abilities and our money and our time and our ideas or anything else. He's asking for more than that. He's asking that we sacrifice ourselves. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. The first 11 chapters of Romans broadly talks about what we, what we should believe or what we believe. But belief should impact behavior. That sacrifice. What sort of sacrifice is it? Well, it says there it should be a living sacrifice and a holy sacrifice and a pleasing sacrifice. Right? Li- that, that living sacrifice in the in the Old Testament, God's people were called to to make a sacrifice by killing an animal or a bird or something. In the New Testament, we're not called to make a sacrifice; we're called to be the sacrifice, a living sacrifice every day, dying to self but living for Christ. So it's living and it's a holy sacrifice. We are to be holy, holy, dedicated to God, set apart from the world and belonging to him. And that means 
thinking different and living different, but he renews our mind, doesn't he? Being holy for him. A holy sacrifice. And that means as, as individuals and as, as the corporate bod- body, as the church, we must do all that we can to ensure that holiness is promoted as well. Because we have a voice to the world. We are light in the darkness. We're a city on a hill. Visible, we should be. And that's a challenge as, as well, isn't it? You think, oh, you mean I've got to speak up instead of just be quiet when all them at work are discussing their views on certain issues today? Now, we've got to have wisdom and we've got to, we've got, we've got to know when and how, but we can't hide behind, we can't keep our heads below the parapet, can we? We've got to promote holiness and declare holiness with all the grace and wisdom that we can, we can but we can't be silent in this dark world. And we are commanded to be holy because God is holy. So living sacrifice, holy sacrifice, and a pleasing or acceptable sacrifice. This, this again builds on that Old Testament concept of, of sacrifice, which the hearers would have been very aware of. A sacrifice pleasing to God, not some skinny, scabby, free-legged bit of mutton, right? Well, I don't want that one anyway, so I can kill that one, give that one to God. It's not, it's the best, the best lamb without blemish or defect. It's costly, that sort of sacrifice, isn't it? When you present your body as a sacrifice that is living and holy and God is pleased. And it will be costly, but it's worth it. You know, Paul says that when you present your body as a sacrifice, this is your true and proper worship. That's what we're talking about. This, uh, that's the, the main theme of today. Is wha- it's, it's about worship. It's a spiritual act of worship. So I think what this is saying is if, if you consider all that God has done for you, all that God has done for me, a sinner, who had his eyes opened and his ears unstopped, that I could see the majesty and the wonder of a living God. That he opened my eyes to see that I was a sinner cut off from him. And in his mercy, he enabled me to turn to him and say, Jesus, forgive me that you would wash me clean, that you would put my feet on the rock of Jesus, that you put new words in my mouth, a hymn of praise to my God. What a transformation. You never knew me before. You can't draw a comparison. Let me tell you, it's complete and total that he would do that. That's his mercy towards us, isn't it? Don't you love him? Belief should impact behavior and and if as he's done all of that it, it, i think the only logical response would be to serve him why why would freed slaves continue to go back to their old master to serve them why would you do that he set me free 
I'm going to go with, I'm going I'm to serve the one who set me free. How gracious, how wonderful, how kind, how gentle, how, how loving is that? I'm not going to go back to that one where I was a slave to them. I'm going to go with this one who set me free. Do you want to do that? Presenting ourselves to serve the interests of our new master is just a logical response. But so many people don't do it. Let's worship him with everything that we are, everything that we have. So how can we present our bodies as a sacrifice? Well, I've already said it really. Worship has a very practical look about it. And it is, it is singing songs together to him. But it is much, much, much more than that. So let's look for opportunities to worship through the week, to serve. To, whether you are at home, whether you're at work, whether you're out in the community, I'll do that for you. I'll run that errand or... I can lend a hand. I could do that. Taking time to chat to a neighbor. I've had people call me their friend because I've just stopped and talked to them. That's my friend. What is that? Because people are so lonely and so isolated and so cut off that a small act of kindness, a small act of worship makes a massive difference. Picking up the phone and checking on someone who's going through a tough time, volunteering on a project. You got enough workers at Food Bank, Sue? There you go. There's an act of worship if you want to do one. That was a little plug for you. Um, looking for ways to demonstrate your love for God in a practical way. It's an act of worship. So that's the what of that command, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. And in the second half of that passage we looked at is a little bit of the how. We're encouraged to renew our mind. It says, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Presentable bodies come from changed minds. Because the mind controls the, the action, doesn't it? Right? Shows us... So, so, so verse, this, this verse 2 sh sh is showing us how we can present our bodies by not conforming to the pattern of the world, a negative instruction, and a positive instruction by renewing our mind. Well, that word conform literally means being molded or stamped or shaped according to a pattern. It's like stamping something out like this is what it's like. Well, don't conform to that old way. Because you're a new creature now. So he's saying, don't conform to the ways of this world. And the ways of this world, particularly the world we live in, in this post-Christian Western culture, is actually not very nice, is it? You know, it is, it's, and it's quite, it's quite simple in some ways. If, if you want something, you go and get it, wherever possible and however possible. Whether that's partners or possessions or power, you think, I want that, I'm going to get it. That's the way of the world. Out in the world out there, people are, uh, are important primarily if they can do something for you. We've got to react against that. In the world, public opinion defines 
people's morality. And, that, and you, you'll find that where it, when you speak to people, they've all got different standards of morality. Yeah, no, that's all right. I can, that's fine. I can do that. Because they set their own standards of, of, of morality. Popularity is more important than holiness. We mustn't be shaped by those influences. We must stand against the, the, the darkness because we are the light. And as we do, we'll be worshipping him. Isn't that good? We must be rebels in that sense. Rebels. We rebel against the status quo. And I don't mean the band. I mean the er literal meaning of that. But <laughs> if, we, if we as disciples of Christ live this way, life will be an adventure every single day. It will be challenging. It will be scary. But it will always be worship, wouldn't it? Right? Belief should impact behavior. And Paul goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love that image of tran transformation. And, you know, when, you when, when kids, you know when kids have in school have little frog spawn that go into tadpoles and see all these tadpoles whittling around in the little bowl of water and then eventually those tadpoles ain't tadpoles anymore they become frogs don't they and you think it's, it's transformed i mean it's, it's a bit of a corny illustration but it's completely different and the classic caterpillar to butterfly transformation be transformed be completely different and that's what jesus does for us and i love it i'm so grateful that he has that he's transformed me. The spirit changes us and we become totally new. And he enables us to offer ourselves completely to God. You think, how can I do this? By his spirit working in us. By our surrender. What an act of worship. And as God's people live like that across this world, who knows what could happen? As we live like that across this world, community and the communities we represent who knows what could happen as every day we go out worshiping him with our bodies and with our lifestyle with our words with everything that we are being urged on to do it so renew your mind be transformed saturate yourself in godly thinking Read, read the Bible. I know some people struggle to read the Bible. But don't give up. Give it a go. Get just get your mind thinking in a different way. If you struggle to read, if you're not a reader, like I've already said, you can listen to the Bible being read to you. So many people in Bible times were not literate, but they still received the Word of God as in a in a storytelling culture fill your mind with his word fill your mind with truth saturate yourself like that we need to meet regularly with one another just to encourage and strengthen one another in that way there's so many ways we can do this isn't there listening to people like me going on and standing on this stage it must have some positive impact at some point 
slow down <laughs> and listen to what God has said. Present your body and renew your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's just read. I'm just going to read that passage one more time. And then I'm going to pray for us. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray. Jesus, sometimes it is, it really is so simple, yet the implications are huge when we read your word and seek to put it into practice. I pray for your grace to overwhelm every one of us here, whether we've been Christians for decades or days, and that we, every one of us, would live lives of worship to you, sacrificial worship. Lord, that we would see your kingdom advance as a result our worshipful lives would impact one another, would impact the world around us, and it would impact you as we worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing me. Thank you for picking each of us in this room who are born again. Lord, we are eternally grateful. And I pray you'll stir fresh gratitude in us and therefore fresh response to your mercy. I pray that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.